everybody, and welcome back to the Broadway Jets podcast. You'll know me from Twitter as NYJ Mike, and I'm joined as always by the master of receipts. It's NYJ Matt, but today we have a few very special guests. You might know them also from Twitter. We have Juan Moya, Andy Sukoff, Joe Liberta, Joseph Scott, who is Wrigley Moles, and <laughs> Angelo Fermato. What's going on, boys? How are we doing? Thanks for having us. Oh, let's go. We're ready to go. Yeah, so we can start one by one. We can go through what you guys think they should do at two. We'll we'll start off with Andy. Andy, take us through the first round and and talk a little about a bit about what you would want the Jets to do in the draft. Well, obviously, now that Darnold has been traded to Carolina, they're going to go quarterback. I'm still waiting to find out that Joe Douglas has Jedi mind tricks and he's going to convince Urban Meyer to take Zach Wilson instead. But since, unfortunately, this is not a movie and he hasn't proven that he has Jedi mind tricks yet, I'm, I'm ready to run with Wilson. I will not take Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> These are not the Trevor Lawrences you're looking for. Dude, one more comment from Trevor Lawrence about not liking football and who knows. Do you imagine? It's, it's very weird. Football. It's a very I mean, weird move. If I had to go play football for the Jaguars too, I'd probably hate football as well. Urban's <laughs> like, he didn't say he had a chip on his shoulder. I don't want him on my team anymore. He can't. He's not allowed to be a, a Jaguar. He didn't uh, you know, do enough bad things in college. That's why Urban <laughs> doesn't like him. <laughs> if the Jags come out of left field and just take Wilson. I think they could. Another Sam Darnold situation. It's oh, a one out of 100 chance, I think. I, I, yeah. I doubt it. But The city of, of Jacksonville would riot, I think. Dude, Marvel Multiverse, like one of the universes, that does happen. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> in the year without Reggie Bush, everybody thought Reggie Bush was going to go number one. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And the Texans surprised the world. Took, so, who knows? Took Mario Williams with that pick, right? Yeah. yeah. So, Andy, I, I, you I, I, I was actually thinking about that on the way home today from work, and I'm sitting there like, what if just maybe they Why not us? Zach Wilson? I mean, I wouldn't even wait until they finish the word Zach Wilson. I'd just take the card right up there and be like, just give me Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Don't listen to nobody, just go ahead and do it. Maybe, like, Zach Wilson's parents saw the, you know, the Jaguars GM cheating on his wife or he has pictures somewhere of something to blackmail him. You never know. The crazier, crazier things have happened. So does everybody think Zach Wilson is the pick at two? I want to hear if anybody thinks that if they were in Joe Douglas's chair, do you think you would go after Justin Fields? I think those are, you know, 1A, 1B. Anybody on the call right now think Justin Fields should be the pick at two? I would actually go after Mac. Oh, okay. I have reasons. I have reasons. So, All right. So start with Mac, and then we'll go with Joey to hear about Justin Fields. Okay. So first of all, it's a hot take. I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but his pocket awareness is off the charts. Like his feet are the quickest in the class from the pocket. And he's not going to throw with no feet, like in midair, six yards downfield, like fields, Lance, um, Wilson or Lawrence can, but his fundamentals are so good. And he, he can read a defense quick, decisively, and he makes the correct decisions every single time. He had a 41-4 to 4 pick ratio this year. I mean, you're going to say um, athleticism is a knock, but he ran a 4.8640, and he jumped a 32-inch vert. Like, he can move around in the pocket, and he's smart with it, though. Like, running isn't first on his mind. It's always throwing. 
which is what a QB should be. And um, you could also say weapons is a knock, but he, he can't control that. The things that he can control, he does perfectly. And where was the weapons talk when Joe Burrow exploded on the scene and came out number one? He had Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Randy Moss's son, and Clyde. <laughs> And it was all, he's the next coming of Jesus. There was no Joe Burrow has all the weapons. He's not going to be anything. So, you know what? I just think, and his most important thing, his leadership character and his competitiveness to drive to win. Mac has that next one mentality where I don't think he'll ever be satisfied. Like if he wins a Super Bowl, he'll just be thinking next one. I don't think he's ever going to be satisfied. And that's what makes the great ones great. I'm not comparing him to the great ones yet but I think he can definitely get there. So that's why I would take Mac. But I think it's going to be Wilson. Very interesting because it's like Mac Jones, if you say Mac Jones, a two-year psychopath, but he has the same numbers as Fields. You pointed out some of his his, his uh, skill set, his intangibles, and he's playing as the SEC. So it's, it's interesting, you know. It's not a crazy take. I think if you were in the 49ers front office right now, they would love you because supposedly they're all in on either him or Trey Lance, which is crazy. Every day a new report comes out. But you made you made good points. I like it. Joey, we're going to go to you. Why is Justin Fields your pick at two? I think that the fact that he had two bad games this year is just clouding everyone's judgment. The fact that this guy last year was a stud and was the number two pick coming into this year had a bad half realistically against um, Indiana and didn't play well against Northwestern. That being said, the guy I would argue besides Trevor has the highest ceiling out of the top four, assuming it goes Trevor Wilson, uh, Mac Jones at three and fields at who's QB four or Lance, whoever it is. The thing that worries me too is because the jets put themselves in fantastic position where we have all these draft picks and we have the number two pick. We could pick, essentially have their pick a lot for the quarterback besides, you know, generation Lawrence. Like I would rather be in our position now than the Niners have a better roster, but don't have first round picks for the next three years. We have a chance to draft a Q to B and then build the team with top pick talent all around them. But I'm just worried that we're going to botch this quarterback pick. And Zach Wilson honestly scares the shit out of me. He rolled up draft boards so quickly. Hasn't played like the best competition, which, you know, it could be an unfair knock. You look at Josh Allen, he played on Wyoming and, and is, was probably the best QB in that draft. Maybe Lamar Jackson's better. Mm-hmm. But I think people are overreacting over fields, two bad games. And they also say that he doesn't he, – he's like a one-read quarterback, which is just – it doesn't make sense to me. Like, he's has a fantastic coach. Like, he plays for a good coach. Why is that a knock? And why are you also going to assume that he can't understand, like, an NFL offense? You made a good point about the one read. I don't agree with that at all. People put it on a Twitter video and everyone thinks it's real. Even the Northwestern game, they ran for 350 rushing yards. Trey Sermon broke the record. So they, he still found a way to game manage. I love that take. Joe, I think you have a point here on field. Love to hear where you're at. Yeah, so I mean, if we take a QB at two, and I'm still not sold on, you know, Joe Douglas, the poker player, definitely mm-hmm. taking a QB at two. But if we took one at two, I think, I, I mean, I should say I think, I would definitely take Fields over Wilson for all the reasons Joey just mentioned. I, I think it's it's incredible to me actually the way that his uh, his draft stock has dropped for doing nothing. I mean, I didn't see a bad pro day. I didn't see you know. I mean, th- like those two games. I watched those two games and I was like, whoa! I can't believe this because I just started watching at that point because it seemed like we might not get Trevor Lawrence. It seemed, mm-hmm. it seemed like that you know that was a possibility, and I was 
disappointed by it. Then I went back and saw some film and I watched him in the, the college football playoff and, you know, he can play, but I still think actually the best move and maybe I'm just fooling myself is for Douglas to trade down. When you go down from Trevor Lawrence, it's a major drop and you've got basically four QBs and maybe five, if you count Kyle Trask from Florida that are all kind of in that next level. So I would still rather trade down get a top weapon or, you know, more help on the offensive line, which I still think is the most important thing. And you can get one of those other quarterbacks. I mean, look at the situation when we got Darnold, how, you know, Baltimore later in the draft got, you know, guys arguably the best quarterback to come out that year. And you got guys like Aaron Rodgers was drafted in the 20s. You got, you know, all kinds of quarterbacks that were drafted in the 20s that ended up being the best guy coming out that year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, And in some of the boards I'm seeing right now, you could end up getting Justin Fields in the 20s. It's crazy. I saw they got Pittsburgh taking Justin Fields, which so I I think I I maybe I'm fooling myself because I just think it was I think it was a bad football move trading Darnold. I'd rather have traded back and built around him or have Kyle Pitts and Sam (laughs) Darnold over over Zach Wilson. I think that's better. Or you you have three firsts. I'm not Sam sexual. I root for the jersey. I, I, let me be the first one to say it. I root for the jersey. I just think it was a bad football move trading him. And, I, I you know, I, it, has, it has Woody Johnson's fingerprints all over it, quite frankly. So, I, I think I, I if Zach Wilson is our quarterback, I'll root for him, you know, as long as he's wearing the uniform. But I think it's a, it's, it's, I, I think it's a bad football move to draft him at two. Joe makes a great point, too. Like, if you think the top quarterbacks in the league right now, None of them were the first quarterback drafted in their draft class. Yeah. There's none of them. You know, Holmes, yeah. Rogers, Wilson, Wilson's a third-round pick and everything like that. It's a great point, honestly. The only thing is yeah. if the Jets are not completely if, – if, if you're right and the Jets are like, look, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson are the exact same guy in our mind, and we think they're both going to be terrific, maybe. I mean, I, I tend to agree with you, Joe, that I definitely agree with you that I think Trey Sam was the wrong football move. But I think it's just unlikely that they don't go with QB at two, just because you have your pick of the guy. You don't know. You, you know, the whole new NFL thinking, if your guy's there, you have to take him. Mm-hmm. But Jim Douglas, I mean, Jim Douglas came from that Ozzie Newsome plan of you draft the best player available. And the best player available, in my mind, at two is still um, <laughs> the, Kyle, uh, Pitts. Yeah, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Pitts. I still think Kyle Pitts is the best player available at two. So that, I mean, if you were going to stay there and, and just make a pick, I think that's the way to go. But for best football move in my mind, trade back. Clearly we don't have the roster. Clearly we have lots of holes to fill. So I'd rather, I'd rather build up the offensive line. I'd rather grab a couple more weapons. Maybe get a cornerback. Maybe, you know, you can, you can get the, a cornerback that you want. So I don't know. Hey, I like the diversity of thought on the pod. We got – Fields, we got Mac Jones, we got trade back. Juan, I want to hear from you. If you're at the number two pick, you're Joe Douglas, who are you taking at number two? And at this point, you kind of just box yourself into a corner. I mean, I'm with Joe. I would have just stood with Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. That was my when this whole nonsense began. And we got to the end of the season. It was better to stay with Sam, trade back, get as many guys or as many picks as you can build around that. But unfortunately, 
But the way things went, I think it's kind of inevitable that it's just going to end up being Zach Wilson. Yeah. I have had a issue with, um, and I feel like I've kind of let this play into it as far as Justin Fields is concerned. I'm in Wisconsin. So I get to see way too much Ohio State. <laughs> like 10. Oh, yeah. And that's all it is. And I've seen Cardell Jones, Dwayne Haskins. Justin Fields feels like he's been at Ohio State for like eight years. I mean, <laughs> but he has talent. I'll give him that. He can throw a football. No problem is that with guys like Tim, Mac Jones, they go to these big schools where they got all the talent in the world. So if you can't be good at those big schools, then what are you doing? In yeah. the end, it's a, it's going to end up being Zach Wilson. Yeah. But it shouldn't have gotten to this point to begin with. First of all, I don't get me started on Adam Gates. He ruined everything yes. from the minute he came into town. And now we got no QB again, and we're starting over again. It's crazy how people should hate Adam Gase more than they do, which is interesting because everyone I, despises him. I think Adam Gase. I don't Gase, think possibly I hate him anymore. Like, he, I, I, like the level of hate is like here. Adam Gase has done more negative to me than any human being on earth by <laughs> far. Not e- like not even remotely close. Girl like cheated on me. Nope, not as worse as Adam Gase. <laughs> It's amazing. It wasn't just the, the season. It wasn't just the attitude. It wasn't the, the eyes rolling around the first press conference. When you think about the way that he didn't at least let us see stuff at the end of the year, it drives me nuts. Yes, it fucked us for the future too. Put Mud Sapped up 45 times and then at least you know. Why we couldn't have fired Gase with five, six games left so we could at least see what we had. You know, Douglas should have walked into Christopher Johnson's office or called Woody over in England and, and said, look, you gotta, you got to let me get rid of this guy and see what we got. Mm-hmm. Uh, before, that, that pisses me off as much as anything. They fired the wrong guy. Greg Williams shouldn't have been fired until after the season. You fire Adam Gates first. It was Greg inconsistent. Is a hero. Yes. Yeah. And also they ran Frank Gord to the ground. Joe Douglas has every right to go in there and say, Hey, Frank Gord's inactive. P Ryan Adams, Johnson, 40 touches all. And we, we can see what we have. In, in Gord's defense, he was running to the ground like four years ago. Yeah. They yeah. And especially to Joe Douglas, if he knew that he was going to trade Darnold in week 16, if he was set on that already, then he should have marched down to Gase's office and said, you're not starting him. Start Morgan. I want to see what he can do. If Morgan showed up the last two games, maybe you can trade back and get a haul but, and risk it one year. And then if he doesn't work out, go for a quarterback in the next class. Now, I don't think Morgan would have done that, but like, Interesting. give us something. We didn't even see Morgan. It's and weird, we took though. him in the fourth round. If Morgan does well... Is it the Matt Flynn effect? If you have one good game, are you going to risk a full year of going after him? I don't think... James Morgan was a great pick at four. I hated the pick at the time. And then uh, the weird thing about it is I'm fine with James Morgan not playing because you got to have Sam Darnold at least go out there, maybe increase his trade value. Cameron Clark not seeing the field as a healthy guard is unacceptable by any means. Denzel Mims getting 11 targets in the final three games, unacceptable. And it falls on Gase and it falls on Joe Douglas too. And I don't think a lot of people want to say it. But. That's like 
I, I hope Clark, you know, develops and becomes a starter, but maybe he was overhyped once we drafted him and they saw him at practice and were like, all right, this guy's yeah. actually not that good. Matt's theory is the best that he's too good and they didn't want to – what was it? If he's too good that him and Beckton on the left side would be too overpowering, they would lose the tank and they had to keep him inactive. I like the plan. That's why they didn't sign any guards this entire offseason. Yes. Trey Turner's still out. All I know is that when they – when that game was coming down against the Rams, I was at my parents' house. I almost broke their TV. I was so angry that they did that. Like, yeah, of course, happy that they won. It's like, you're just watching Trevor go, bye. It's like, yeah. I was rooting for the Jets. <laughs> so stupid. Always rooting yeah, for the it, Jets. I was rooting for Sam. That's the only thing because I'm look, watching. With... Look, we're all Jets fans. We want, of course, we want to see the team win. But knowing what was at the end of that shit tunnel, like, just knowing that it was just like, my little further. <laughs> get it but i would i would root for like sam to do like an eight yard pass and then my dad like we're watching mad my dad a couple other guys like you're a, you're a fucking idiot like what are you doing if sam's numbers weren't so awful they would have kept him and then joe liberta and i would have gotten what we wanted and fucking won well yeah, no, i was with you too i was rooting angelo was with us too yeah i <laughs> thought that because if sam darnold shows out and even if we win then we trade down and we get more capital than we would have Oh. Getting the number one pick and taking Lawrence. So what I was, I wanted to win. Yeah. It, it, Can you imagine the haul we would have gotten for number two compared to three and yes. what Miami ended up getting? If this was the year before and Darnold wasn't on his fourth year, if it was his third year, yes, that would have been the perfect move to do. But once you had the fifth year option coming into play, you can't do it. And but, like, the Giants could be in that position this year. Daniel Jones doesn't. At least the Giants are going to put Daniel Jones in a, with a chance. He's surrounded with the guys, you know. The Jets, they, they, I, and we didn't think the Jets were going to be this bad. So the thing is, the thing is, if you if you had kept Sam on that rookie deal, you could load the roster with guys through the draft that you're not paying for. That's my. Even though you're paying Sam in that, even if you're paying Sam in that fifth year. You weren't paying this free agent, that free agent, you know. You right tackle of right. corner. Yeah, exactly. Right. Those, are, those guys are also on a rookie deal. Sam's in the past, so, I mean, I get, you know, we got to – Guys, put your pod the right way, okay? Stop talking about Sam. <laughs> we're like – we're just obsessed with, like, an ex-girlfriend. My only side to that would have been, like, do that and then draft Jaden Daniels in 2022. I would have been on board with that. I think one thing that's unlucky for the Jets, too, is they've had – three top 10 picks and non-great quarterback classes. And even though in, you know, 2017, Mahomes pops and Watson pops, at the time it wasn't a big class, so they didn't move back. And they say that six took Jamal Adams, Leonard Williams a few years before that. And then Quinnen, I love Quinnen to death. If there's a big quarterback class besides Kyler Murray, the Jets can move out of three for a haul. So it's, it's like another thing where they're unlucky and they got top picks when there wasn't a big quarterback class to then build around for the future. But we have to move on to number 23. I think we have a very diverse group of what to do at two. I'm going to start with Andy and we're going to work our way around. Number 23, Andy, who are you taking or what position do you want to attack here? I'm torn on this because it, it depends on obviously who's available. If they can get an offensive lineman, I'm here for it. If they can get a cornerback, I'm here for it. There are a couple of people I'm looking at, including Northwestern's cornerback, Greg Newsom, who I've seen mocked to the Jets a couple times. There was someone I saw on Charles Davis's uh, mock draft from a couple days ago. He has him going 31 to the Chiefs. Uh, Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. 
Mm. He sounds like he's Jewish, this guy. Me too. I'm I'm here for me, me three. Look at my nose. I'm, I'm, I'm here for I'm here for Jewish Jets. I'm here for that. <laughs> I love Eichenberg. I love. I texted Mike the other maybe a week yes, ago. Yes, you did text. I was him. like Eichenberg falls to thirty four. He is a legit Notre Dame tackle, and I need him. I need him to death. I like that pick a lot. Does he wear a knee brace? I need like some kind of Weird, accessory yeah. or yeah for my offensive lineman. Joey, what would you do at twenty three? You're the GM here. I don't know. Like the obvious choice is either corner or interior O line, but. Yes. Linebackers in need. If there, if there's a dude who, who you, if, say, I don't know if this is realistic, or like Micah Parsons drops all the way to 23. Like you can't pass on a guy like that. I think you know, it could happen. You could, you could trade I, up as well. I think it could happen, but I think Gettleman literally might take Micah Parsons because he's like the football guy and he's gonna take him. But when Isaiah Simmons got drafted by the Cardinals and it didn't pan out, a guy that didn't really have a true position, a little hybrid of everything, but he was a great player. They didn't use him. He played like a minimum snaps compared to every other first round pick, except for the Titans maniac, the tackle they took, Isaiah Wilson. But I think I, I, I like where you're going with that pick there. If Parsons is there at 23, you have to take him immediately. I do think he's going to fall out of the top 10, but I don't think he'll make it to 23. Maybe if he smokes pot or something on camera before yeah. the draft. Love it. That's what we need. It's funny. Like he, he was like a projected top seven pick or whatever, and he just doesn't play a year of football. It's like, all right, this guy drops out. You know, he's not yeah. going to be a <laughs> Same thing with Rousseau, with Greg Rousseau. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Sewell, too. Sewell was, like, obviously, like, number two pick. If, if Lawrence comes out, then he was, like, the top guy after. People we'll don't go even knock to the Bengals or something like that. We'll go with Angelo here at 23. Angelo, who are we taking? All right. So, at 23, if they fall in order, I think Elijah Vera Tucker is the general consensus for mm-hmm. 23. But I don't know if he's going to get there. Now, my number two – would be Jalen Phillips. I think he's the clear-cut best edge rusher in the class. And edge is in a pressing need, like corner and um, interior O-liners, since we just signed um, Lawson. Yeah, but (laughs) I think he's like a a Nick Bosa, TJ Watt type edge rusher. He's explosive. The thing with him is injuries, but if he falls to 23, I think I would pull the trigger. Then um, Greg Newsom would be my third. Yep, corner. Tevin Jenkins. Yeah, I've heard a lot I would of be Kevin, fine with. Uh, yep. Cormoa and Caleb Farley. I don't. His injuries kind of concern me, but he would be like my last one that I would. Look, want. If if the Jets want to gamble on an injury-prone, very very talented corner at twenty-three, I'm okay with it. Obviously, you got burned with Milner, but that's the ninth pick. If you want to go twenty-three and take a chance, but you know the Jets obviously have to sign a veteran corner. To, to supplement mm-hmm. that. Yep, I agree. Joe, who are we taking at 23? Um, ding, ding, I'm, ding, ding. I'm kind of looking at 23 and 34 together mm-hmm. because there's so much in there. And so I know it's cheating a little bit, but um, I, I'm th- it's got to be offensive line. And maybe even with both those picks. I look sure. at the Jets, and they've always been a great team. Well, not always great, but <laughs> their best times – they had solid middle of the line. So a couple of guys mentioned it. Nobody's mentioned center. So I don't know exactly where everybody's going to fall. But, you know, I love Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma. Um, if, he's not, if there's a chance he's not going to be there at 34, I would, I would be willing to, to get the guy you want at 23 or maybe trade back a couple of picks and, and get him there. Um, but I get, like, some of the guards that have already mentioned, the guy, uh, Vera Tucker from USC, mm-hmm. um, 
one guy from Ohio State, Wyatt Davis, a guard. If nothing else, to have a guy on the team named Wyatt after what we went through, I think would be a solid move. Patrol pick. Seriously, the, inter- the interior line, you know, those guys, I, the, the, my favorite is Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. Has been for a while, but I've seen him move into the top ten. So I think exactly. that's my dream, unless we go with my trading back from number two thing. Bonnie boy. I like it. Juan, who are we taking here? So, corner. I need a cornerback. I need someone there. So, Kirk Newsom obviously would be great. My top guy, though, and I'm guessing he ain't going to be there, is going to be J.C. Horn mm-hmm. from South Carolina. South Carolina. South Carolina. He would be the dream pick there. I just don't see the board falling that way. So, probably Craig Newsom at 23. Um, offensive lineman after that, but I guess we'll discuss that in a moment when we get to our second round. Yeah, Mike, who are we taking here at 23? I'll go mine after. The one, the thing that I am most disappointed about with Joe Douglas's tenure is the way he's attacked the offensive line. So last year, people were saying the Jets need an overhaul of the offensive line, and they did, but just not the way that everyone thought. They got Mackay Becton, which was great, and they got Alex Lewis and Greg Van Roten and George Fant and Connor McGovern. Now, and it was a little underwhelming. There were guys like Trent Williams, Jack Conklin signed for similar money to George Fant, all pro with the Browns. <clears throat> I'm disappointed in that. I wanted to attack offensive line this year in free agency. Look, I understand Joe Douglas's philosophy is, is building the draft and get discount players and younger guys who have better intangibles. And I, I enjoy that. I think Corey Davis and Carl Lawson, some of these guys are going to be really good. I'm nauseous that we, di- we don't have any clear-cut advantage. Our defensive line is going to be really good. But our offensive line... For bargain hunting at all these positions, where is our advantage other than defensive line? So I want to put all the resources into the offensive line and murder people. I will go with two of any of those guys, Landon Dickerson and Humphrey, AVT, whoever's there. 23-34, give me two offensive linemen. Put him with Becton. I like McGovern. He was a top 10 center by all metrics over the last eight games of the season. George Fant is fine. You're paying him $9 million. It's okay to be the starting right tackle. And you have a very good line. Or you go corner. I like it. I like it. I'll go my pick here. I I think I agree with Mike. I would actually take two offensive linemen, 23 and 34. Probably an unpopular opinion, but 23, I want the best interior offensive lineman. I would even reach on Wyatt Davis if Joe Douglas values him that high. And then Alex Leatherwood's a guy that's not been mentioned yet. Tackle from Alabama will probably move inside. If you have a guy who is a starting tackle, right tackle, they moved him to left tackle, he played guard. He was all over Nick Saban's line. He was out there. It was like a weird stat that he didn't like have a good first punch. I don't give a fuck about that. He can learn it. <laughs> Put a big dude on my offensive line. I'm fine with it. 34, I would prefer, honestly, you get Richard Sherman on a two-year deal and you don't have to worry about corner in the first two rounds. I would take another lineman or I'll take Javante Williams, running back from UNC. I love oh, Javante the- Williams. <laughs> it's an unpopular take, but he's fucking amazing. We'll, we'll wrap around and go the opposite way. Juan at 34. Who are you taking? Yeah, give Juan a little reach around. What do you got? So here's one that probably not many people have heard of, but he's from my neck of the woods. A guy named Quinn Mike from University oh, of Wisconsin Whitewater. <laughs> Center. Hell yeah, I want it. I want this guy on the team. I think he can be sort of a man gold type, anchor the offensive line. If you can't get him or you think that's too high, Running back like a Najee Harris, 
I would be okay with. But that's just me personally. I'm not sure that Douglas is going to want to waste a premium pick on that. Offensive lineman or running back, Quinn Miners, that's my guy. Get him over. I like it. Good idea. Joe, and- Joe, Joe Liberto, what are we doing? Are we taking a fucking running back? <laughs> At 34? I mean, I. Man, I don't give a shit. I, I'm so sick of the running. Look, you have a guy who runs for 1,400 yards. It's worth it. Yeah, I mean, I had for one of my sleepers is Ramondre Stevenson out of Oklahoma because I want us to see a, with a full. We've, we haven't had a fullback on this team in forever, and a kid out of um, UAB. But this, this, those would be sleeper picks. Again, I just jump ahead to the next question. But um, but if at 34, if, I'd rather actually see us take a wide receiver. Kind of the same thing with the quarterback theme. Like, after you have that drop down, there's still some really good guys like Kadarius Tony out of Florida um, and Terrence Marshall out of LSU. Now, sometimes, like, the third best wide receiver at LSU would be the best court, uh, wide receiver on the Jets. It's just, there's a lot of weapons out there. So I could see, I could definitely see us taking, I, I still want to build the offensive line, but at 34, if there's a, a skilled player there that can really add to our offense, then I'd be more than happy if we went for that. I like it. Good idea. First wide receiver mentioned so far on this podcast. Before we go to the next pick to Angelo, I do want to mention, I cannot wait for the delay between day one and day two. So the Jets have the 34th pick, obviously. So there's going to be like a list of like five, 10 names that every fan is going to argue about for the 18 hours leading into the next day. And Douglas <laughs> is going to pick none of those guys. None he's, going of Ash- he's going to take Ashton Davis. Right, get ready for it. <laughs> okay, we're going to come back to this pod and put it out because he's going to take none of the guys we all argue about for the 18 hours the draft doesn't happen. Last year, when we were in the second round, I was freaking out about Denzel Mims. I wanted him so yes. bad. And when he traded out, I had a hernia. I could not <laughs> believe it. So when he actually dropped there, I was so elated. I think that guy's going to be He got lucky. What was the okay. Like, What did we end up getting? They got Ashton Davis. That's what it was. That's that Ashton Davis became that pick? Yes, the third-round uh, pick, which is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be a starting safety. Yeah. All right, I think we're up to Angelo. Who do we have here at 34? Okay, so, yeah, I love Quinn Miners, too, but I think we can get him in the third round, actually. So he's not from on my mind right now, but um, who I would do at 34 – I love Caleb Farley if he falls because the injuries into the second round, I think you have to take right away. And um, another one, Landon Dickerson from Alabama, the center. I don't think anyone's talked about him. He is a freak of nature athletically. Like yeah. he's – and he can be unbelievable. So I really would like him at 34. Um, Creed Humphrey I would be cool with if he goes that far. Or Alex Leatherwood even. I think 34 – if offensive line isn't addressed, it's got to be one of those guys or Wyatt Davis. I didn't bring up, I don't think, but I love Wyatt Davis too. I think you make a good point because there's like five to seven offensive linemen that we know aren't going to go in the top 10 and that maybe one or two of them can fall because, you know, five quarterbacks have to go in the top 30. Five are going to go. You know, a guy like Penisul, Slater, like guys are going to go. Kyle Pitts is out there, right? Jamar Chase is going to go. Devonta Smith. So people have to take other players, and our guys can still be there at 23 and 34. I like where your head's at. We're at pick 34. We're going to Joey for pick 34, and then we'll go to Andy. So assuming what, like, if we find ourselves in a situation where some dude drops all the way to 23, and he's not a corner or a guard, and, and you have to pick that guy, whoever that is. So we still have 
the biggest holes, which are guard, center, what did you and, take and at corner. Twenty three and. I don't know, I, like I use Micah Parsons as an example, but just like some dude that who just uncharacter, uncharacteristically just drops down where you just you can't pass on this guy, like a top 10 talent, you know, whoever that would be. But in, if that situation happens and you're stuck at 34, I would still think you would have to go guard over corner, like picking between one of those two holes. Obviously, it would come down to if there's – if you know if J.C. Horn drops to 34, like you're drafting me, I would probably you know, draft him at 23 if he's available then. But – I, if I had to pick between filling one of those holes before the other, it would be interior O-line before corner. Are you cool with – what if the Jets – how about this? Would you rather the Jets go get Trey Turner right now or Richard Sherman? Turner. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. So that's yeah. consistent. That makes sense. Yeah. I like it. And then finally, we have Andy at 34. Andy, who we take? Um, I, I'm with Andrew. I like – I do like Creed Humphrey at 34. Do you like Matt? Like, I don't want to say a safe pick, but I think it would be a very reliable pick to really fortify the offensive line. If not him, any other O-line I'm happy with. I'm also – I am intrigued by Najee Harris, though. I, I will admit that. I'm, I, I'm intrigued by what he might bring to the NFL. I'm all, I've said it right – I think right now the Jets have the worst running back court in football by far. <clears throat> I don't well, think it's close. I swear to God, I am, by the way, the most optimistic well. person of all time. But what the fuck? Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, Josh Adams, and Michael Piran, really? like. And, Mike, you might have not had this take if they actually ran the ball with Josh Adams, like, 152 times. Like, then you know maybe, okay, yeah. maybe he's, like, a 20th running back in the league, not top, like, 15, but you can do something with him. The fact that we don't know, we can't use the stat of – and you'll see it on Twitter – Oh, Josh Adams averaged 5.8 yards a carry. Yeah, he had ran about 35 times, man. Not even. He had 29 carries. Right. So, like, and I, <laughs> I make that argument, too. Like, they should have ran more because of him, but I'm not staking the 2021 running back core on Josh Adams. He just can't do it. Who are hey, we I just thought now? it was very funny. Like, when they, when they signed Tevin Coleman this year, I saw something. I actually liked the move. He has a good veteran presence. Then I saw something that it was – Adam Gaze wanted him in 2019. Like, you know what? I don't like him anymore. <laughs> also, he, had, he was <laughs> horrifying. Adam Gaze psyop that's, go, that's there to tear the organization down from within. Yeah, but look, I know Tevin Coleman wasn't healthy last year, but he's also going to be 28. He had 28 carries for 53 yards last year in eight games. And, I mean, it's very nerve-wracking to go into the season with a horrifying running back core. I don't know what we're doing at tight end. Now we've re-signed Daniel Brown. So I guess it's going to be Chris Herndon, Croft, and Daniel Brown. I mean, the receivers are, you know, probably a little bit above average with Corey Davis now. And, and uh, what's his face? I don't, know if, I don't know if I can call the receiving core above average yet. It's yeah, close. I think it's mediocre. It's it might, like if 15, it's above average, maybe, yeah, maybe they're like 13. It depends on how Mims <laughs> like If Mims, like, becomes WR1, like, clear-cut star then yeah like we have a sick wide receiver sick. oh yeah of course but. sick because you also remember crowder is yeah. by all metrics an elite slot receiver yeah you're right so, and i hate i, I hate the take on judd's twitter I'll, I'll see like this thing it's like denzel mims and then it's a like greater than meme it's like justin jefferson <laughs> like where are we at right now like denzel mims i love him i he's a hard worker i wish he stayed healthy he hurt both of his hamstrings but he had no touchdowns last year, a two-point conversion. So I, I know it was bad quarterback play, bad line play, no other separating receiver you can have. But, God, we have to call, see Mims do something to even consider him to be a wide receiver two moving forward. And I love Mims. I think he's going to be re- very, very good. And I like yeah. the Corey Davis move. But I think right now you can call them average. I, don't, I, I can't give them a top 15 receiving core yet. 
Yeah, I don't even think you could grade Mims yet because, like, I don't think you can grade anyone off the Adam Gase scale, honestly, because he was so handicapped in that offense. Like, there was no play schemed for Mims. There was no touchdowns schemed for Mims. There should have been in the final three weeks. No, but we, we had to run the ball right up the middle on second and ten. Yeah, know? with Frank Gore. You don't, you don't understand time. it. <laughs> Not even Ty Johnson. Frank Gore every time. Yes. When you give Sam, and I know we keep going back to Sam, but God damn it, Josh Malone. What did Josh Malone? Jehuji Dawson, whatever. Chris Hogan. The guys that we have now, it's instantly an upgrade over like, whatever the hell that was. You're right. It's, it's a fact. Way better. Way better. So we, we can... have guys that can run up the middle on second and ten for two yards. Uh, we, that, we, we have, have to have that. that. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. You guys, like, I don't know if I'm speculating or I feel like a lot of people think this way, but we're all hoping that Ty Johnson is the next, like, Raheem Moster yes. in our offense. That is the hope. That's literally the comp hope. Yes. Yeah. Former. I do think he has a lot of potential. Yeah. He's cool. Which would be awesome. And we have we don't have the worst running back. No, look, and you know every you know, and the whole thing with the running backs in football is, and you you know you could pick a guy anywhere and slot him in. And look, they did the the Forty Nineers did the same thing last year with fucking Jeff Wilson. He had the Raheem Mostert year that Raheem Mostert had in twenty nineteen. So, we'll see what happens. And this offense is geared towards that. But you, I just want an advantage somewhere. If we are going to bargain shop, and that's okay, like I said before, where is our advantage? And and it better it, look if it's the defensive line, they better fucking murder people on, in the trenches. Yeah, we yeah. talk about it, Mike, all the time. The Jets over the past decade have had, I think, a top three run defense total in the NFL over that span. Top three. You look forward now, and you're like, all right, what did that gain? You need to get to the quarterback. You need to be elite elsewhere. So I like I like that point, Mike. I think we'll wrap up with a, a, a sleeper guy that you guys think the Jets can target on day three, maybe late day two. I want that one guy that you have written down and you're like, God damn it, I need that guy on the Jets roster. Mike, who do we start with? Uh, uh, Angelo. Angelo has some fucking crazy guys on his mind. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so my day three guy is Jared Patterson, and that's why I wouldn't take a running back so early because I think it's kind of a deep class where you could find really good ones workhorse backs in day two day not even day two day three and like late third round ish so I um Jared Patterson his contact balance is unreal he he has great vision he had like eight touchdowns in one game this year for Buffalo I don't know if you guys saw that he broke the NCAA record oh that's this guy yeah (laughs) that's awesome yeah no he's awesome I love him but I think that's a sleeper back I also like the guy from uh, Louisville. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Maybe that gives back then an extra incentive to go pancake more people. But, um, yeah, he's a nice little small speed back. He would probably fit in the offense. Those are my two sleepers, though. Well I like it. All right. We'll go with Joe. Joe, who do we like in the draft late? Um, well, you know, um, you guys mentioned in the last pod about grabbing a kicker, and I definitely think that – it's you know it's bad in fantasy, but I'd love if we you know used a six round pick on a kicker. I love the guy I'm, I'm looking at is uh, is David Moore, guard out of Grambling State. He um, he was at the Senior Bowl. Not a lot of uh, historically black colleges and universities guys at the Senior Bowl, and he was moving guys around. So if you do not grab interior line 
um, in the first or even second round. I wouldn't mind adding him and then hope that he doesn't sit on the bench like uh, like Cameron Clark did for the whole year. So. Good pick. And, and if we go with a kicker, you got to go with Jet Toner out of Stanford. With a name like Jet Toner, that's a, that's a, a no-brainer in my mind. I absolutely love basing, like, picks on names. I think it works. <laughs> I really do. I'm all in. It's, it's as reliable as, you know, studying film. No. <laughs> All right, we'll go with Andy. Andy, who do we want here? All right, well, I got, a, I got two. Got one on offense, one on defense. I'll just go with the defensive side of the ball. I, I like DeMar Hamlin out of Pittsburgh. He's a solid safety. He can play special teams. So you got a little bit of versatility there. Always something you like to find in a day three pick. And on offense, I like wide receiver Frank Darby. And I don't, I don't just say that because he went to Arizona State. I mean, that's mostly the reason, but – He's a solid player. He's big. He can make the plays. And ASU has had a nice little progression of wide receivers coming out the last couple of years. Harry hasn't been good, but he's getting there. IU had a good season last year. Darby's going to be the guy. Good pick. I like it. I like it. Juan, who are we taking here? Like, quite honestly, I haven't even thought that far, to be honest, because I'm not <laughs> a draft. I'm not a draft school guy. I like I'm it. Just, I'm just a guy that is here a Jets fan. If you're gonna if you're gonna address the position though, I prefer that you address a edge. So mm-hmm. hoping that we get an edge guy who I don't know. I just think I'll leave that to the professional man. <laughs> I, I like your take. It is interesting though. You don't find a lot of edge guys in day three that then pop. I feel like there's some positions that you can find someone in day three and they're just like an all pro and you're like, holy shit, how did everyone miss him? Edge is a weird one where I think the scouts usually get right, but I love the idea of taking a risk here. Jabari Zuniga is a third round pick who didn't really make any impact. And that's fine. You can, you know, whiff on a third round pick if you hit on others, but I like where you're going. And I think rounding it out, Joey, who is your sleeper pick? I don't know if this dude would fit with however LaFleur wants to run the offense, but I think Trey Sermon is going to be a dude Mm. in the league. I think, the Ohio State Clemson game, everyone talks about fields, you know, lighting it up, but Sermon was the best player on the field by far, without a doubt, in my opinion. That game. I, I don't know if he would with us, but that guy, I, I think he's just going to I love great. that idea. Well, that goes to what Matt just said that, you know, there are certain positions that you take a guy later in the draft, like a running back, obviously, day three would has a better chance to pop than, than maybe an edge rusher. But, you know, if we got an edge rusher that popped in day three, you're in business. Um, I would go with, there's a couple of guys. More position-wise, if the the Jets need a, another linebacker for sure, which I think Joe said it before, but no one's talking about this. You know, the Jets are going to go into the year probably with C.J. Mosley as the as the in, the main inside linebacker, and you have Gerard Davis, and then Blake Cashman, Blake Cashman, Patrick Onwusar. I don't, you know, it's 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 another rickety position. I'm very happy with C.J. Mosley for this year, especially he's going to play for seven and a half million dollars, which is nice. You have a four-time Pro Bowl middle linebacker. I would look at, you know, the Jets need a tight end. They need a running back. Um, There's this guy in Boise State, John Bates, 6'6", 256. I'm looking at some, you know, some sleeper boards, whatever. So if the Jets, I hope the Jets take either uh, another linebacker with a chance, like Blake Cashman was a fifth-round pick, to pop, or a big tight end who – Again, maybe, you know, he develops his hands or his route running and becomes a problem in the league. Yeah, good pick, Mike. I think for me, I'm between 
two guys. I'll go with this guy here. If you don't go running back, Javante Williams, 34. He's my favorite fucking player ever. I'm going Chuba Hubbard. If you look at Chuba, he's a guy that ends up being like the seventh or eighth running back. I think Kenneth Gainwell, uh, it, you know, shows up there a lot. Chuba Hubbard had like 23 touchdowns in 2019, had like a weird year in 2020. I would take a chance on the guy in the fourth round, fifth round um, to compete. And I think if you do that, then you cut one of the, you know, Josh Adams or Ty Johnson. I don't think he moves off P Ryan that quickly. And then I, I'm interested to hear if you guys heard the name uh, Dax Milne from BYU. He's the receiver that was with uh, Zach Wilson. He is in every fucking mock draft. If you look at any Jets guy, they're putting him in the seventh round. It's one of those classic players that is included in almost every mock draft now. And he'll probably go undrafted and the Jets will sign him in the summer. The Lawrence Cager effect. The Lawrence Cager effect, of course. (laughs) Um, No, I think this is a good conversation. A lot of different guys, a lot of different positions. We're all looking forward to the same thing. We cannot wait for this draft to happen to watch film on these guys, to enjoy them. Because the one thing that I think this group does well, and I know we were like long-term Sam Darnold guys, we don't move off players unless they give, give us a reason to. So if you look at the past draft class, you look at players in the team, unless you are like a scumbag or you do like nothing on the field, we're going to love you until we trade you or cut you. And that's how we usually act. So the, the fact that we have 10 or even more new guys coming in a town evaluator that we trust in Joe Douglas. I'm looking forward to the draft and I can't wait for it. Thank you. I'm getting these mock drafts every day. There's only so many ways that you can switch names on a board before it gets too tired. Yeah. And dude, this is, this has been an exhausting off season. It's pretty, terrible, uh, man. pretty divisive. I mean, doesn't it feel like it's taking forever? Yeah. I mean, holy shit, man. I, th- I think I, I tweeted. I think it was when we were looking at the draft in week eight. Yeah. <laughs> Touche. You know, we're, we're yeah, 0-8. Exactly. It's sad that we had, we had to do that, but hopefully that turns around now. Dude, meaningful Jets football this year is what we need. We're going to get it. We're going to get some good games. We're going to be 4-3. and three. We're going to play a big week eight, like, road game in fucking wherever. Schedule's yeah. not out yet, but it's going to be great. Eight and nine seems like it would be a bad thing at this point. Come October, if we could have both New York baseball teams in the playoffs, the Rangers start out well and the Jets play well, I wouldn't be happy as a pig and shit. Oh, oh, the Yankees are making the playoffs, man. We're a sad franchise this year. Yeah, it, it ain't looking good right now. Sad. Dude, miss me with the Yankees fucking crying nonsense. I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. Fuck that. I have to watch it every year. The Mets suck. And the Yankees haven't been under 500 since 1992. And then I go on Twitter. The Yankees are 5-9. and nine. People are going to blow their heads off. Five when and they ten. were 5-9 and nine, two, two years ago in 103 games. 5-10. and ten. We got Miss the me with it. I feel the Mets in the playoffs here. You said it. That's fair. All I know is the other day, the Mets won – the Rangers won, the Knicks won, and the Jets did not lose. <laughs> perfect day. Very rare. Very rare to have those as a uh, New York sports fan. There was one day in 2015 when the, the Jets got killed by the Raiders when Fitzpatrick got hurt and Geno came in, and then the Mets lost in the World Series to, the obviously, the Royals. Oh. Man, you guys are a Brewer fan. You're a Brewers fan? I think the Brewers have been good the last few years. Two Yellows, uh, man. We got, we got pitching, and it depends on what night if anyone decides to hit a baseball. I mean, it's <laughs> like we can either 
have eight runs or be no hit on consecutive nights. That's how bad. And and, and you, you like uh, Jewish ball players. You got Ryan Braun. Did I have a signed bat from Hammer. Hammer? Come on, baby. Very, he's, he's very he's fair and clean, Ryan, Ryan Braun. He does. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, 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 I love watching Ryan Braun play. Awesome. Just hope he's not in the juice anymore. I don't think so. Well, he ain't even on the team. He's, I think he's retired. <laughs> he's fucking. Yeah, I've got the I've got the MLB TV package. I I actually do watch the Brewers quite often. I, they're one of the teams I I try to watch at least a couple times a week. I picked up Travis and, Shaw the other day. He hit a homer. All right. Yeah. Well, well, thank you, boys, for coming on. That was a, a ton of fun. We're gonna have intense Jets football this year with our head coach, new quarterback, GM that we trust, top seventeen receiving core in football. So we're all in. We're yeah. looking forward to the draft. We appreciate you guys coming on. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, guys.